Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. It's probably be one of those moments where I may get a bit emotional. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, isn't it, when to hear the news that someone so young has tragically died. And, you know, we, we just stand with that family, we stand with the friends. But um, I just felt God wanted me to speak into that situation. Uh, it was interesting, at the beginning of the week, I was like, oh, I don't really know what to speak about. I have subjects that I do, but I wasn't kind of feeling it. And obviously finding out on Wednesday, uh, the Lord just prompted me on Thursday just to speak about this, uh, that Jesus is our anchor. And um, I think, you know, they, this is immediate. This, this um, you know, there are many of us, I think, who have had, moments in our lives or tragedies in our lives and how we work through that how we how we cope with that is as a christian i think is very very challenging and very difficult and it throws up all kinds of questions my own particular story uh, my daughter who was traveling after work she was 20 years old and she was traveling to the gym and she got herself fit and she was going to do some swimming as she came out onto a road she was t-boned uh, by a, a car that was doing 156 kilometers an hour uh, over a hill and the they you estimate that from the top of the hill to the junction at 156 kilometers an hour is 1.8 seconds and so Kezia would have been completely unaware of what hit her. And this guy uh, was obviously in a in a bad state, and he had been drinking, and he'd he'd been taking drugs, and he'd hired a, I think, some you know fast car, and decided to just go driving. And it was our daughter, and I was actually, funny enough, I was actually with John Paul. No, I wasn't with John Paul. I was in a meeting. Um, it was a soccer meeting and my phone kept going and I kept ignoring it. Uh, it was Jake. Uh, but in the end, I, JP came in. He said, Phil, Kez has been in an accident. And um, he took us down to the hospital. At the same time, Misha was at home and she's kind of prepping for, for a, a bit of an operation. Uh, and um, she got a knock on the door. The two policemen knocked on the door and um, said, oh, are you the mother of Kezia, yes, she's been in an accident and then just left her. Uh, and we had to phone up a friend of ours who came and picked her up and took her, drove her down to the hospital. And there we were in the intensive care unit of the hospital and a, a journey proceeded, which I, I, I may share about, but it, it's, it's these moments in life, like it's, it's a storm, but it's an immediate storm. There's the, you know, you, you just, you're not aware of it and it just hits you. Um, and this is, this is um, really the, 
the writer to the Hebrews, it kind of talks about that. And he talks about the, the anchor. And I want to share about that. But it's moments like these that you lead, you, you lead into God. It's like that's all you can do. You know, often words, words don't work in moments like that. It's really the presence and, and the comfort of God and the comfort that we can have from people that really helps us. There's obviously the, the things that come up, and this is where I believe the enemy is always looking to sow doubt, sow fear, sow anger. So, and we just have to, you know, there's, there's those moments where we just say, Lord, I need you. I need your comfort. I need you to be everything that you promise that you are to me. And, you know, the, the, the great thing is God is faithful to his promise. You know, and, and, and I was singing through this anchor, and God gave me a picture what I want to, want to explain, but um, it's this beautiful and reassuring image of an anchor. And it's here in Hebrews 6, verse 13 to 20. It says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Let's just pray. Father, we, we lean into you in this moment. Lord, as a family, as a covenant family, we thank you that, that you are near. You are Emmanuel. You are with us. Lord, and it's, it's, we look to you not only for strength for ourselves, but for your word, Lord, to our hearts, Lord, that we might take comfort and encouragement and hope, Lord, for what we go through in life, Lord. We recognize, Lord, that storms come. We recognize, Lord, that as Christians, we are not um, uh, distant from the tragedies of life, Lord. And yet, as Christians, Lord, we thank you that you, Jesus, are so close to us, and that your word is so powerful and so strong, Lord, that we can through that and by your grace, Lord, journey through this time with you. So I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us, particularly, Lord, prophesy this into the situation of the Fraser family, Lord, that this would be a reality in their hearts as they journey through this, this tragic time in Jesus' name. You know, anchors, uh, I might teach you to suck eggs here but anchors are, are for ships do we know that um i was looking for i was trying to find a story 
you know, a really good story like Horatio Stafford. I couldn't find that. I tried to find a story in the Bible that had a, a kind of a good good news. The only story is when Paul gets shipwrecked and he and he, they let down the anchors overnight and it's safe. But then God says the whole the whole ship's going to break up, but everybody's going to be saved. But it is a sense of the the necessity of the anchor to uh, in those times of trouble, in the times of the storm, that they are let down out of the boat and then they hold the boat in the storm. And this is what um, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, because the Hebrew, uh, the, the, who he was writing to probably were Jewish Christians. And at that time, they were facing extreme persecution for being Christian. A very, very Jewish culture, everybody attending the synagogue. People didn't want to think about Jesus. And yet this group of Christians who had put their faith in Jesus, who had, who had really understood the promises, even going back as far as Abraham, created this community were being persecuted and they were being imprisoned. And I think, as you can imagine, that the, the storm scenario of that, which is where and it happens often in, in persecuted, the persecuted church is that you could just be in a, in a church meeting or you could be, and people just break in, they arrest you, they beat you and they take you to prison. And it's that sense where your life goes from kind of doing what you plan to do to all of a sudden you're in a, in a completely different scenario. You know, and I know there's people who, have have woken up as if the day is going to be the day and then there's a tragedy and and I think this is where God wants to say you know I know I'm with you in it I understand what you're going through he knows he he's a God of compassion I love that story the the woman who's carrying her son uh, dead son to to bury and it says and Jesus had compassion on her and went over and raised the son from the dead our God is a God of compassion he loves us he loves you know even when things go wrong and we don't understand why we can't we can't fathom it we've got to know that God loves us and this is our challenge that when those storm comes it's an anchor that's what the writer to the Hebrews is saying, that we have an anchor, steadfast and sure. And it goes, and it, in the image of the boat, it goes down into the, onto the, the base of the ocean and it locks that boat in and it protects it from the storm. And I love that image. And yet he actually kind of takes it to a whole new level. You know, the, the Jewish, um, the Hebrew letter is really about the superiority of Jesus that's what the, the writer to the Hebrews was writing when they were they were considering actually going back into the synagogue or going back into the Jewish faith that the writer to the Hebrews was saying you know Jesus is more superior he has he is greater than the angels he's greater than all the people that have spoken to you in times past he's greater than the prophets he's greater than the sacrificial system that you have he's greater than the covenant that you have and there's an urge that if you hold on to the promise, like Abraham held on to the promise, even though he had to wait for it, it came. God is faithful to his promise. He has promised to keep us until that day. 
Now, we don't understand this earthly life. Paul says this life is but a vapor that is, is there and it disappears. But there is an eternal life that God oversees, that our, he has rescued our souls and redeemed our souls if we believe in him and he is faithful to the end. He is greater and we have to put our trust and our hope in him. We have an anchor. You know, it's interesting that these, these times remind us of those moments where we've had to throw out and put our trust, probably say more in God. I was praying early and I thought, you know, often we just, I just live life and then this happens or something happens or you hear a story and you realize that we need Jesus so desperately. We can get just a bit carried away with our life and our materialism and our um, everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, whether it's to us or to our those that we love, it's, it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call that every day we need to know that our anchor is ready to be dropped off the boat because the storms are coming. I'd love to show an image. You know, sometimes you... I, one of my favorite movies is The Perfect Storm. I don't know if you've seen that. And you're in the boat and this boat is as small as anything and this massive wave is coming. And, I, and it feels like that sometimes in life. Waves that come that are so big that, that, and we're so small, but we have an anchor and we throw that anchor in and that anchor, it anchors us to the base of the ground, to, to in our faith, it, it anchors us in God. And that anchor is that which God has promised. That anchor, I love the uh, writers of the Hebrews because he goes and he's encouraged them, stand firm, have hope. This is, this is a steadfast and sure thing that Jesus is our high priest. He goes all the way back into Genesis chapter 12. And in Genesis 15, where he talks about the covenant that he made with Abraham, that through his seed, that being Jesus, that there will become eternal life, that there will become redemption, that we would go to the land that God had promised us. He took, us, he took them right back and said, this, this is who God is. And often in the storms and in the troubles of life, and we look back and we say, yeah, God was faithful. God was faithful. God was faithful. He, he moved in that situation. Sometimes I had to wait, but God worked. And I remember a, a, a quote of, it's, it's locked in my heart, this from Pastor Corey, where he said, remember in the dark what God spoke in the light. Because it's the dark times that we just get lost. It's the dark times that we get confused. It's the dark times that we, we don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do, who, who can help. But often, remember what God said in the light. I know for us in, in our uh, story, Kezian, I know I've, I've shared this before, but I, I, I feel it's so applicable that in, on the second day that Kezia was in the intensive care and uh, in an induced coma and that that somebody came to our uh, hospital and and brought a word of God and it wasn't in the Bible <laughs> it was it was um, to Josephine yeah oh, about China and it was this let her sleep for when she wakes she will move mountains and Michelle just got that it wrote it out put it on the bed and got a picture of Kezia, 
beautiful picture of Kezia, put it on the bed. And every day she'd say to the cleaners, to the doctors, to the nurses, this is my daughter. She's going to wake up. And, and actually they were very, very concerned. And yet God said to her, don't listen to the doctors. It's not about respecting what the ability of the doctors are. We needed the doctors. But don't listen to them because we listen to the word of God. And there were times when there was challenging decisions that had to be made. And we remembered the voice of God. We remembered the promise of God. Let us sleep. But when she wakes, she'll move mountains. Was it an easy time? Absolutely not. It was a hard, hard time. But God spoke. Let's remember the promises of God. Remember in the dark what God spoke in the light. When you're in the midst of the storm, take a moment, sit down, get, out, get away from something and say, Lord, what, what do, I need to remember what you've spoken to me. I need to hear your voice. I love the fact that God is so imminent and with us that he will whisper into our hearts. We have an anchor. There are storms. You know, we live in a world that is storm upon storm upon storm. And the whole heart of God just is crushed. Crushed because there is an answer. And that answer is Jesus. And people go through situation upon situation and they have no hope. But Jesus is our hope. Come into relationship with him. So I saw this image where it says, we have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. And the image I had was, was an anchor that was, was in, in heaven, in the, in the very presence of God. It was, it was anchored up there and then the chain came down and it, it's fixed to my soul. We have an anchor of the soul, steadfast and sure, fixed in heaven. Our anchor doesn't go down to the ground. It goes up to where God is. It goes to the presence of God. It's a strong and firm. You know, and I love the fact it's connected to our soul. I want to speak about that. But the, these Jewish Christians, and it, it says it, the hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain. I think I took the images off, but I had an image of the, the temple. And if you don't know, there was a place in the temple that was called the Holies of Holies. And only the priest, the high priest, once a year was able to go into the Holies of Holies. And before the Holies of Holies was a curtain that separated the, that, that court to the, the sanctuary, to the holies of holies. And in fact, it was so fear, terrifying and fearful because that's where God presenced himself in Israel. You wanted to know where God was. He was in the holies of holies in the temple and only the high, high priest was able to go there. And it, and it said that they used to put golden bells on the garment of the high priest and a, and a rope around his ankle. And he would go in to offer sacrifices, atonement on Yom Kippur for the people once a year. 
the day of atonement. That's what Jesus did once for all, the day of atonement, took our sin on his body. And he says that if the bell stopped belling, that they, they knew that God was not happy with the sacrifice and they would have to use the rope to pull the high priest out. Can you imagine that as, you know, I think as a, I'm a, like a Gentile and I, we just live in this modern, modern culture of Christianity, Western Christianity. And yet for this, this Jewish uh, group of Christians, you know, the holies of holies would have been such a significant, important um, historical or real sense of this is God. And yet he says that Jesus became the high priest forever after the order. He went through the curtain. In fact, in Mark 15, it says, as Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last breath, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that this is the way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this was the son of God. Jesus, through his death and resurrection, entered the presence of God. And he made a way. It says actually further up in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water and let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful he jesus on the cross broke down and made a way for us to come into the very presence of god and that's where our anchor goes, because that's where Jesus went. And it is anchored in Jesus, and it is and it is connected to our soul. Jesus understands us. It says he's, he, was, he can identify with us. He's not a distant God. He's not a, he's not a God who just kind of orchestrates and has no involvement. He loves to come and be intimately involved in your life. He loves to come and, and walk with you and talk with you and encourage you and strengthen you and raise you up or, or sing over you with songs and, and, and loves you because he's a God. He wants to be a father to us. He understands. It says he was the first fruit, the forerunner. You know, that's a lovely phrase, isn't it? When the forerunner is gone, it means there's got to be some runners after it. I don't know about you, but I love being a, an afterrunner of Jesus. And that offer is there tonight. If you need your life transformed and radically changed and you need to know what it is to have hope and joy and peace, be a runner after Jesus. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour and your fine peace and your fine purpose and your fine hope in him. This is why Jesus died. This is what he gave his life for. It's connected to our soul. It's like this chain is as important as the anchor. It's no good having an anchor 
I was listening to a guy and he said, you know, you throw the anchor over the ship and it just sinks. There's no connection to the ship. But this chain, I love the, the message version. It says this, um, we who have run our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. This is it. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. That's the message. Reaching past all appearances, right to the very presence of God where Jesus is running ahead of us and has taken up his permanent post as a high priest for us. That wonderful, that Jesus has gone. He's there. He's interceding on our behalf. He's our, he's our champion. He's coming and saying, come on, come on, run. Take hold of it. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline to attach to my soul. I just love the fact that it doesn't matter if I'm, I've got the energy or not got the energy. What I'm going through, whether it's a good time or a bad time, there is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline that connects me to the very presence of God, anchored in Jesus, and he did it because he loved me. He loved me, my soul. It wasn't like, oh, I've just got to do a job, i just got to get through, you know, I've got a certain timeline. It's see, Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves you intimately he wants to be all to you he wants to change you you know i'm i'm a, i put my hand up i need to be changed i need to be transformed i need to know what it is that god truly said god came to give us life and life in abundance i need to know what that means you mean in the storms and in the good times yeah you mean there's peace that can be had all the time, the shalom of God, even though things are difficult? Yeah. How do I find it? You've just got to connect into God. You've got to lean into God. He loves us. He created me. I love that fact, you know, that I can walk and talk with Jesus and uh, I am my own personality. You know, I've changed. I remember once I used to have no regard for the, uh, trees and the fields and I got rebuked once by a, a very precious old lady um, you know you know people go and they look out on creation and say oh this is wonderful isn't this God's creation God's glory and as a 20 year old I was like no not really and I was talking and she she said to me oh Philip she said when she moved from uh, a place in the in the countryside in England which is very beautiful and she had to come into a, a home or an old an elderly residence she just asked God to give us something. And she said, outside my window was a tree. And she said, that was God's answer to me. And I stopped talking for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Love it. You can walk. And now, now I'm old. I walk and I just get amazed at the magnificence of God's creation. I get, you know, and I get amazed at the magnificence of God's creation in people. You know, the, just the, the diversity, the uniqueness. Isn't it amazing that we're all different? God doesn't want robots. He wants, he wants sons and daughters. And, and if you've got children, you know that your sons and daughters are very different, different personalities, different, different makeup, look different, act different. And yet you love them. You love watching them. You love to just be there with them. 
That's what Jesus wants. That's what God wants for you. It's connected to our soul. Because often there's an expectation that we have to be, we have to be, we have to do. And I remember in, the, in that time with Kezia that we got to a point where, you know, there is nothing. There's nothing I could do. I was broken. There's nothing I could say or muster. And then to some degree, we have a responsibility in our relationship with God. But there are moments when I know that we just don't have it. You know, we talk about responsibility. To me, that means we respond to his ability. But what about the times when we just can't? We just can't muster it. We've got no energy. We've got no strength. We've got, what happens? All hope's gone. All strength has left us. Nothing left. I love this, this, um, it's Galatians 2.16. And there's two, ver there's two um, interpretations. So the first one is this, ESV. It says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So that also, so we also believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. The emphasis is faith in Christ, yeah? In other words, I have to have faith in Christ. This is another interpretation. However, we know that a person isn't made righteous by the works of the law, but rather through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. We ourselves believed in Christ Jesus so that we could be made righteous by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. You know, there are moments when my faith won't survive. My strength won't survive. But you know what? Jesus never fails. His faithfulness never ends. If I am unfaithful, he remains faithful. He is faithful to keep that which he has committed until the day he upholds us by the word of his power i am persuaded this is what paul said to timothy i am persuaded that he is able to keep that which i've committed to him against that day there are times when we don't have it and yet god has us and he'll keep us and, and though we go through all manner of emotion and, and, and a journey where we're crying out, maybe we're angry. You know, you read the Psalms, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of lamentations. There's a lot of crying out to God. And yet God was faithful. David, I've chosen you and I'm going to keep you. I've chosen you and I'm going to keep you. So maybe the worship team could come up. I love this psalm, Psalm 61. Verse 1 to 4, it says this, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I for you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. 
I will abide in your tabernacle forever and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. You know, there's a cry of our hearts that says, my heart is overwhelmed. You know, when storms hit, when tragedy hits, it's only natural and normal to be overwhelmed, to be to to grieve, to to cry, to weep, to ask questions. And then here's what David says: "Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let my anchor be firmly fixed." in the presence of God. For you have been a shelter to me, a strong tower from the enemy. Maybe we can stand in response. Sometimes the response is, I just open my, my hands and I just say, Lord, I need you. God knows our hearts. As we respond to God's word and we my question is this have you lost hope in Jesus because the storms of life have overcome you hope is significant perhaps your strength has gone and your ability to hold on to God but don't fear because God has got hold of you come and receive strength from the Lord Or maybe you've just struggled to trust in God's faithfulness and to fulfill. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.